0: Sucky Heat i <laughs>
1: I was also dead.
2: (laughs) Already? (laughs) Welcome back to Pardon My Fist. (laughs) The Export Audio uh, Fist of the North Star Experience.
1: We're so immature. You were the one talking about fisting earlier. (laughs) (laughs) Right before um, we uh, hit record... I was joking about, oh yeah, I love fisting with you. Oh, <laughs> and then we were just naming anime Fist the X The book Fist. I'm reading
2: currently has two instances at least of character describing her emotions as fisting her heart or fisting her stomach. I wanna,
1: I want to ask you so many questions about the book you're reading. You
2: know you can figure out the answer to many of those questions by reading the
1: book. <laughs> I just want you to tell me about the book a little bit. Uh, but I'll, i also is this gonna be the podcast where we talk about fourth wing by rebecca yaros okay so i knew that you were gonna put it on blast and i didn't know i was gonna double check I'm gonna with put you on blast i'm gonna put you on blast
2: what What, what did i do you brought you bought uh, dragon book into fist of the north star podcast dragon book it's about dragons. Oh,
1: I thought you were talking about my dragon book that I've been... What dragon book have you been reading? I've, oh, I've been watching Dragon Show based on dragon book. The, the, how long has it been since there was a dragon on screen? Uh, there's a dragon on the screen at the end of the Boo Saga. It's Purunga. I love that guy. That, doesn't, that does not count. He goes, okay.
2: If he has fingers, he's not a dragon.
1: You know Purunga. He's a fucking dragon. Look at him. He's a dinosaur. He's not a dinosaur. I don't see any wings. How is that a dragon? How is that a dragon? Great (laughs) question. I meant to say, how is that a dinosaur? And you know what I mean. Karunga is a dinosaur. No, he's not. Yes, he is. Listeners, write in.
2: Listeners, write in. Mm -hmm. Except M. (laughs) Unless you're going to agree with me.
1: (laughs) He's clearly a, a dinosaur. There are so many dinosaurs. In
2: Dragon Ball, that's w- part of why Purunga is clearly a dinosaur. He looks
1: nothing like a Toriyama dinosaur. Yes, he does.
2: No, he doesn't.
1: Toriyama draws three reptiles. <laughs> <laughs> what are the three reptiles that Toriyama draws,
2: please? The 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 ducky.
1: This guy right here, this choco looking dude. No, that's a Purunga. That's he not. He literally a... has Purunga horns. He's got Purunga horns, I'll grant you that. We're looking...
2: Ducky at... from Land Before Time is the one with the little thing on the back of the head.
1: Sure. So he does those sort of... Like this guy kind of? No.
2: Like the upright one.
1: For for listeners who are curious, the, the one with Purunga horns that we're talking about, I found at a Toriyama Art, at Toriyama Arts on Twitter, and it's Akira Toriyama The World Jump Comics Deluxe 1990, and it's just <clears throat> Goku riding a cool dinosaur. One of them I will
2: de- I will describe using the uh, the ancient text. Uh, remember that Snorlax video?
1: The Snorlax video.
2: Where the guy's watching the Pikachu short and Snorlax saves the day by holding on to everybody as they're flying away. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 The Chinese Beth Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> as the ancient text proclaimed. Uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. That's a dragon.
1: Sure. There's Shenlong.
2: There's no other dragon... In Dragon Ball, to my knowledge,
1: well, there's everyone else is dinosaurs. There's Shenron and there's Purunga. They're both dragons. Purunga's not a dragon. Oh, okay, I got a question for you, and this is not necessarily a Toriyama design. It might be, but I don't think it is. Can I get Can I get a, a take on Omega Shenron here? Omega Shenron. That's the no, That's a demon. Okay, yeah, that's, fair. That's... You know, I'll, I'm gonna grant you that. I, I that's think... a, actually that's a Yu-Gi-Oh card. What is, <laughs> what is up with Omega Shenron? Yeah, you're right, d- <laughs> <laughs> He is hanging cock. Like that... that. No, that's all ball. Yeah, that is like. It... <laughs> There's like a cod piece thing happening with uh, Omega Shenron. This that is I'm a not Yu-Gi-Oh into. card. This is a Yu-Gi-Oh card. That's true. This
2: is like a blue eyes white dragon humanoid mm-hmm, mm-hmm. thing, but not a dragon. Dragon? This guy? Mm, closer. Sort of a sort of a fishy dragon, maybe.
1: But yeah, that's a dragon. Um. Okay. Maybe we're looking at some Dragon Ball GT art. Um. That 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 guy right there at the bottom of this GT art for the shadow dragon page on Dragonball.fandom. That looks
2: like a dinosaur to me. That's a
1: dinosaur. This is the other type of reptile. That's a fish. Right. The other type of reptile that Toriyama draws is ambiguously amphibian. And then that obviously I was a frog. Yeah.
2: And the cloister. Yeah.
1: Um and flee from chrono trigger. Dragons <laughs> in dragon quest Trying to remember what are the dragon i'm just trying to recall to my mind what the dragons and dragon quest look like right right these are weird guys they're so pudgy you know <laughs> he scroll down to get maybe more than one image um this doesn't look like Toriyama art to me i'm gonna back out of that one okay pick there's one. there's many dragons so there's green dragon we just looked at let's look at the dread dragon for a moment it's, well, a, it's it's a recolor. A recolor. No, no way.
2: Let's let's go down to
1: like Dragon Quest Seven. Let's well Dragon Quest Seven. We're getting into some crazy shit. I bet. Um, blazing wingworm. Let's look at the blazing wingworm from Dragon Quest. VII. <laughs> oh, he's blazing! Oh, he's blazing! <laughs> all right. You know what Dragon Quest Seven looks like? No idea. Is that the one with the 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 It's, thing? A, it's the PS1 one. I think Dragon, oh that one. It I think the art on Dragon Quest 7 looks really cool. This is not or or um Dragon Quest 7 PS1 So it's what like, happened in the uh in this volume of Fist of the North Star? It's like sprite characters on 3D worlds. It's yeah. really cool. Anyway. Okay, so we finish up the Godsland arc. We have a little miniature arc with Jackal, and then we lead into our next arc with a character whose name I forget, and so we probably won't talk about him too much. A miniature especially... arc about Jackal. I think it's a short arc. It's not as it's long. It's most of the volume. I don't think it's as long as the Godsland stuff or the Shin stuff. Sure it is. Okay, well, let's let's
2: talk about Godsland. Everything with Granny... Is part, is the jackalark, all the way up to the big man. I guess,
1: I guess so. I guess that's true.
2: We last left Kinshiro as he calls himself the Reaper yeah. in that room full of soldier guys. He kills everyone in that room. He does. Um, he fights the sergeant mm-hmm. and defeats him pretty easily. And then he fights Relento. Yeah. <laughs> it's literally, Street Fighter.
1: It's just Relento from Streets. Um... And that was pretty easy too. Yeah, he did not have much trouble with uh, Relento. You know, the, the Relento is like, "Oh, I fought you. I'm fighting you in the darkness. I'm gonna get the drop on you." And Getchinchiro is like, "You think I haven't trained with
2: my eyes closed?" Here's the thing. Mm-hmm. This is where we get our backstory about what happened to the world, because Relento worked for the Red Berets, mm-hmm. worked for the armies of the people who destroyed the world with nuclear fire, engulfed mm-hmm. it. You might say, uh, yeah. And they were all destroyed, but the soldiers remained. Mm-hmm. Um that's a very dis- thanks to their
1: superior training.
2: Right. Um, they were disrespected by their superiors. Yeah. The time. the, the, the general they were replaced by warfare at the press of a button.
1: The general is all like, All your soldiers are not nearly as powerful as my single fingertip that could press this nuclear button. And then they do and the news happened. Yeah. Um
2: then they defeat him.
1: I I really like this. Mm-hmm. I really like this chapter, um, because where we left Kenshiro at the end of the Shin arc is he is like purposeless in life. You know? He is um like Yuri is dead, Shin is dead, he got his revenge. Um and so he's fighting Relento. and Relento is like why why are you doing this? You'll live to regret this. What are you even fighting for? Like Rolento has such clarity of purpose in his life and it's to it's to be dominant, you know? It is to subject the weak-willed to to his rule and to breed a super race of soldiers. Uh, yeah, also eugenics. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of that. A little little eugenics sprinkled in. A little there. bit of sex slavery and eugenics. Yeah. Um And Kenshiro, meanwhile, doesn't have an answer for him. You know, Kenshiro isn't able to tell this guy, oh, I'm fighting to do blah, blah, blah. He's kind of just walking around protecting the innocent. um, And that ends up being like a sufficient answer, you know? And so I thought that was a really good... um, I thought that was a really good chapter of like, the thing Kenshiro is doing is enough, you know? Maybe the revenge he got felt hollow, but like... This new gig he's got is—he's not just sitting in a cave as a hermit, as the yeah. last,
2: the last scion of the of Hokuto Shinken.
1: Yeah, he's
2: using it still. He's out there defeating the bad guys, trying to make
1: the world a little safer. Is this also? It's either here or um, in the Jackal arc where he mentions that um, he is the last successor of Hokuto Shinken, which has been passed down from master to student for 1800 years this is when he's talking to relento okay, who's, okay. that's not his name yeah, it's not his name but that's what he looks like um 1800 years of hokuto Ken. yeah it's an assassin's art did we talk about um the uh the sequel to fist of the north star that we st- or prequel to fist of the north star that we st- no we didn't okay um we learned about um fist of the blue sky fist of the blue sky right which is illustrated by bodonson and or, or illustrated by tetsuo ohara and written by tetsuo ohara and it's set in like shanghai in the 30s and it's about another practitioner of hokuto shinken the 62nd successor of hokuto Ken martial arts style 1800 years and 62 practitioners. I mean, I guess this is like 100 years prior to, or 60 years prior to, um, uh, Well, yeah, if each of them
2: lives to be like 70. I guess so. Or more. Yeah. That's plenty of time. I guess so.
1: Um, anyway. Um. So, Jackal, I guess, unless you have more to say about God's land. No, not really. I think God's Land is my favorite arc so far. It's pretty nothing
2: to me. <laughs> Aside from that one conversation at the end, there's not a whole lot to hold on to. Sure. They're bad guys that Kenshiro fights. They are bad guys that Kenshiro fights. But then we get the Jackal Arc, where they come back to the to the town with the big vault that has all the food in it. hmm And Jackal is there and he's kinda of eavesdropping on everyone and trying to find out where the water is cuz there's this rumor of like a town that has water
1: and this kid uh comes to town and she knows bat um and she's from the she's from the same town that bat was from and she's like bat you got to come back home and help us we got water we found water but we can't break through the bedrock and jackal and this is the bit that i really love about this moment is that Jackal is sitting in a bathtub and he's a big dude and it's a big bathtub filled with water. hmm And he's like, Water? We gotta go get that shit. And I I love the like the little touch of what a greedy slimy sack shit. he's got all the water he could need. Uh, and maybe the rest of his crew doesn't have all the water they could need, but he certainly does. Mm-hmm. Um, but he just kind of wants to go to this town and fuck shit up. He thinks he can take the water, so he will take the water. Um, but little does he know that Kenshiro is on his way to protect these people of the town. Um, so Kenshiro, Ren, and Bat, like, go back. They go to the town. Mm -hmm.
2: Kenshiro breaks through, but not before one of the kids runs off to another village to steal some water and then gets got. Yeah, uh, they kill him and kinshiro gets mad and he breaks through the bedrock with his hand and tells them D- you got to protect this water don't tell anybody um granny has a gun
1: yeah yeah so so granny who's protecting all these orphans um Kenshiro's like i won't be able to stay here long i'll stay here a couple days to make sure you know nothing crazy happens but then you're on your own and she's like don't worry i got a fucking gap <laughs> And she pulls out this huge rifle she's got. It's sick. Um. Uh. And so, Jackal and his gang of goons... Well, first of all, a couple scouts, like, try to be like, We'll just go get the water. This Kenshiro guy ain't shit. They find out that Kenshiro is, in fact, the Reaper. Um. Uh. They keep alluding to that nickname throughout this arc, I think. That just becomes his nickname from here forward. <laughs> um. And so, he gets those guys, and he's walking away from town, and I think Ren and Bat stay- No, Ren and Bat go with Kenshiro.
2: Yeah, and then Jackal shows up as he's leaving.
1: Yeah, and he's like, there's no way he'll be able to hear the, the screams from the town. Little does he know that Kenshiro can, in fact, hear from a very long distance. And, uh, Granny shoots him with the gun and he,
2: nicks his, uh, eyebrow. yeah and then he gets mad yeah and
1: Kenshiro starts coming back but it's too late Kenshiro hears the gun but uh, Bat doesn't oh is that right? Mm -hmm. I missed that (laughs) but then
2: Jackal reveals he's covered in dynamite right yeah and he starts using uh, like child shields like grabbing kids and sticking a stick of dynamite in their waistband and like shoving them off to run in opposite directions and Kenshiro has to save them (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and granny gets stabbed by a sword mm-hmm. um and kinshiro's fighting uh jackal and jackal has this weird move where he just lies on the ground yeah and then he jumps up and gets you wait i thought that was his subordinate who did that oh that's jackal
1: okay right i think that's his subordinate does this a little bit later because basically kinshiro fends them off and holds Granny as she's dying and 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 Bat is like calls her mom for the first time, because you know that's who she was to him, um, even if she's not like literally his mom. And Kenshiro like vows revenge, you know, he's gonna get this jackal and his gang of goons, um, and he starts chasing him down across the desert, and um he meets up with supposedly Jackal's right-hand man
2: right fox fox i think yeah, yeah i think it's fox and he he's the guy who lies down
1: yeah he's got some like nanto something no, something ken it's not nanto okay is it not um he's got some special martial arts power where he's like i surrender and he lays on his back and then from he's laying on his back position leaps 12 feet in the air but and cuts everyone's head off yeah But Kenshiro knows about this technique, and so what he does is he just gets under him and like holds the guy up with his legs. And well, first, yeah, Kenshiro's standing over this guy; Mm -hmm.
2: he's on his back. Kenshiro Mm -hmm. walks out of frame and picks up a boulder. Right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) and throws it at him he's
2: like i know you're gonna jump up i got this big fucking boulder to deal with you (laughs) and so when he jumps up to avoid the boulder kinshiro gets under him and starts kicking him a million times yes that's it that's it
1: (laughs) um and he gets this guy to talk basically and jackal is at
2: this place where there's an old football stadium yes yes And he
1: goes in to release the devil. There's a prison underneath this old football stadium, and um, yeah, he's He's gonna. They've
2: got an Akira
1: door. They've gotten it. They've literally got an Akira elevator and an Akira door, and he goes down there. When did Akira come out? Was it? Um, Akira manga. 1982 to 1990 so it might literally be like well there's not the elevator there's the elevator no there's not that's a staircase no there's the elevator in here somewhere there's the door there's no elevator there's there's an elevator there's not an elevator there was an elevator i know there was there's not there's just not thought there was an elevator. There's
2: just not an elevator. You made I that don't. up. You're thinking of Half-Life. There was an al-
0: elevator.
2: No, was... there wasn't.
1: Was it in Hunter Hunter? I don't know. Okay. Anyway. You <laughs> might have been in Akira. <laughs> it was, well, yes, it was in Akira, but I didn't read Akira this week. <laughs> um. Anyway, so he's releasing this prisoner who's this like 12-foot-tall dude... He's big. He's not 12 feet tall. I'm exaggerating. I'm hyperbolizing. No, you're
2: understating it. He's like 30 feet tall. His hand is is big enough to hold a a grown man like a fucking Star Wars action figure. I don't
1: really know how tall 30 feet is. No, you don't. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I have an idea of... I could roughly guess how far across 30 feet is. I can't really visualize how tall is 30 feet. I'm going to Google, how tall is 30 feet? Well, this is letting me know that it's 10 yards. Um, Okay. This is weight. I'm not going to find anything helpful from Google. Devil rebirth. Are giraffes 30 feet tall? How tall are giraffes?
2: Um... So, the devil is um, imprisoned prior to the apocalypse for seven hundred murders.
1: Well, this is saying
2: that that giraffes listen to what I said seven hundred okay. murders.
1: Okay, got this man imprisoned before the apocalypse. This says that giraffes are sixteen to eighteen feet tall. I don't think that this guy is bigger than a giraffe. Are you kidding me? <laughs> are you kidding me I don't think he's bigger than a giraffe okay he might be bigger than a giraffe (laughs) bitch I was reading in bed he might be bigger than a giraffe alright how tall are elephants he's bigger than an elephant how tall are elephants no I just want to know how tall elephants are elephants aren't that big elephants are not as tall as giraffes are
2: no that's giraffes whole thing (laughs) Secret fact about giraffes, they're tall! <laughs> People rode elephants like militarily. <laughs> you
0: got me there.
2: Um I can't find here. He never stands upright fully, but I would easily call him sixty to eighty feet tall. Maybe more. He's he's like Well Godzilla is fifty feet tall, I think, right? Fifty meters, right? How tall is Godzilla? I think this guy is on par with a Titan from <laughs> Attack on Titan, is what I'm
1: saying. Google or or yeah, he's well okay. In Godzilla 2014, he's 350 feet tall. Um How tall is Godzilla in each movie? Thank you, screen screen rant. Um it, from 1954 to 164 feet. 164 feet.
2: So okay. this guy is comparable to Godzilla. Like yeah. he's in the he could he could
1: take him. I don't. not think, ha- think he could take Godzilla. He could
2: have a scene with him.
1: I'd, okay. He he's he's. I'll get you. Have you ever seen War of the Gargantuans? No. Okay, well, you didn't have to be rude about it. (laughs) Um, War of the Gargantuans is an Ishiro Honda movie um, from the 60s, I want to say. It's like a kaiju movie that's like a little more, like, smaller scale, where instead of them being like, what was it, 164 feet, you said? Uh Uh, He killed 700 people, was executed 13
2: times, and he survived all of his executions and was sentenced to 200 years, 500 in the anime, to villainy prison. By the way, it's called villainy prison. Right. It's called villainy
1: prison. Um. (laughs) We've gotten, I've gotten so hung up on the height of things. Um. But War of the Gargantuans, if Godzilla is like 164 feet tall, I think the kaiju in War of the Gargantuans are supposed to be like maybe 100 feet tall. Well, here he is in a football
2: stadium, so... Okay, he big. He's very big. He's not even standing straight up. Okay, he's definitely bigger than a giraffe. Yeah, no (laughs) shit! (laughs) This giant football stadium probably comes up to about his knee when
1: he's standing upright. Okay, he might be as big as Godzilla.
2: Yeah, he's fucking big. But he never stands up. He's all, like, you know, bestial. Until that one time he puts on his, like, fighting stance. He does, like, the
1: Akuma pose. He does do the Akuma pose. So, anyway, Jackal... It's a very Asura's Wrath character. Jackal is like, I'm your brother. I came here to save you. And he, like, tries to trick this guy, basically. Because he's dumb. Because he's dumb. Because he's big. And strong. And strong. And he helps Jackal out, and he's going to go kill Kenshiro for Jackal. And then how does Kenshiro get out of this this jam? Well, he hurts the guy really bad. Yeah.
2: And then he grabs Jackal as the place is falling down around
1: them. Right, right, right. And he's like,
2: talk your way out of it, and leaves. And then Jackal gets crushed by the devil, and the devil gets crushed by the stadium. Also, all of Jackal's dynamite
1: goes off, I think. I think that's true. Yeah. Hmm. can you tell i don't have the manga in front of me today guys <laughs> um i liked the jackal arc i liked it when it was about the orphans i didn't care so much about kenshiro's quest for revenge but i have to confess some pretty cool action stuff he happened. gets
2: really mad he when does he, when somebody hurts a child near kenshiro he gets really mad yeah
1: yeah well and it's so funny because jackal starts this arc off he's like Two of his goons... Jackal's in the bath, right? And two of his goons go to be like, Hey, Kenshiro, you're not so tough. Like, we could... you want to fight or whatever? And Kenshiro just, like, clobbers him, you know? Um, doesn't even take him seriously enough to kill him. Just, like, beats like the, the piss out of him. No deceiving the Reaper. Ugh, no deceiving the Reaper. Um, and at which, at which point, Jackal... Like, smashes these two guys' face into each other and kills them. Because he's like, you should never pick up a fight that you know you're going to lose. Or or something. Like, never pick a fight with a guy who's stronger than you. And then Jackal... He doesn't necessarily pick a fight with Kenshiro. But he does a lot of things to provoke Kenshiro. And he gets the Reaper coming down on him hard. (laughs) You know? Are we calling him the Reaper now? I think it's sick to call him the Reaper.
2: Then... We get a time skip, a space skip. <clears throat> we see some goons chasing after this woman. Mm-hmm. They're like, "Hey, lady!" <laughs> and then the cloak is cast aside, and it's actually a man, a very pretty man, who's yes. going to slice them up with his hands. Yes. We don't get an introduction to this guy, do we? We kind of do. We know he's the practitioner. I know of who some... he is. I know this this is a big character. I just don't remember if we... He's
1: on the cover of Volume 3, so I assumed he was a big character. What, do we know, what is he the, what is he the fist of? Well, he's a,
2: he's a Nanto sweet Okay. The waterfowl fist of the South Star.
1: Okay. Um. uh... And basically... We, we, what, what do we know about him? Well, he runs past a guy
2: who's coming at him with spiked nunchucks, and then the guy's arms are gone, and he tosses them his arms. Yeah. That's pretty
1: cool. It's pretty sick. He
2: wipes his hand near somebody, and then, like, each finger causes a slash of air yeah. to, like, slice the guy's head apart. Yeah. And he is trying to find the man with seven scars. Yes,
1: he's on a quest across the wasteland to kill Kenshiro.
2: And then there's Ben Kenobi also in yes. this arc.
1: Yes. And and Kenshiro uh and also this guy go to a town that are like hiring Yojimbo, if you will. Some some guards to protect yeah, them from they've bandits.
2: They've got they've got gardens. Mm-hmm. They've got flowers. Yes. They've got bathwater. Yes. They've got a whole like rebuilding society is mm-hmm. happening.
1: And we also are introduced to Um a, a woman who looks alarmingly like Yuria. <laughs> which does not bode well for her living to the end of volume three. This is Mamiya. Right, yes, yes, yes. yes. She also fights. A little bit. A little bit. Does she throw some shuriken?
2: (laughs) She throws a yo-yo shuriken at Kinshiro, who catches it with two fingers. Yes. He's going to catch her with two fingers if she's not... (laughs) 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 But then the other guy shows up. Mm -hmm. This is Ray. Okay. And he's come to... uh... At first he's coming to kill Kinshiro, but then when Kinshiro defeats a bunch of bandits, he's like, no, actually... I can't fight you. You're, you know, you've got a good heart.
1: Mm-hmm. 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 So he's gonna help out defend this town. But I don't, do we know that for certain his, his his mind has changed on the whole killing Kenshiro thing? Well, he defend he turned on the guys instead of fighting
2: Kenshiro when they were about to fight. Okay. The choice between you and them was obvious. I simply switched to the stronger side. I cannot die not until I kill the man with seven scars on his chest. Because he doesn't, Right, because he doesn't know that Kenshiro. Know the, right. Okay. I forgot that detail where Kenshiro got his shirt back right. after what happened with the, with the devil when he
1: yeah. flexed so hard, as okay. his
2: shirt and leather jacket were disintegrated by his aura. I
1: I thought there was something where like there's a little like dramatic irony type thing happening here.
2: But yeah, that's um, that's volume two. That's volume two. He's uh, he's on the hunt for the man with seven scars. He's going to kill him. And uh, he's like, oh shit, Hokuto Shinken! that's crazy. Anyway, i got to find the guy with seven scars.
1: <laughs> <clears throat> Is this going to end up being like Shin's brother or something? Who can say? I mean, Google could say.
2: Google, Yeah, or you, we could just read the next we volume. Could, I could just read the
1: next volume.
2: So how does this stack up to the Shin stuff or the other stuff
1: um i think this has the potential to be <clears throat> because because i like the god's land stuff and i liked the jackal stuff but i felt like oh we're just doing more fights for fight's sake this feels like maybe there's gonna be a little more a little more drama maybe which is like the thing that the the thing that makes the shin arc work so well is that kenshiro has a quest Kenshi- dogs Ken- yeah many dogs outside of our building Um, kenshiro has like a quest he has a motive um and his motive for the last two arcs has just been protecting the innocent or getting revenge on behalf of the innocent yes so i'm excited to introduce to have this like antagonist who has sort of like who has a motivation against kenshiro specifically
2: i will say that we are approaching the end of kenshiro's wandering okay interesting there will soon be more characters introduced that are longer characters than Jackal or Shin. And that we will be doing more stuff, learning more about Kenshiro and learning more about the
1: other stuff in the world. And Yeah, the thing that's been... It's going to pick up soon. Yeah. I'm enjoying this quite a bit, but I was kind of waiting for there to be, like, a story a little bit. There have... Well, okay. There have been stories... But there hasn't been, like, the overarching thing. Which is especially weird, because it feels like it would be so easy to set up Shin as a, like, long-term rival. You know? And so when they got rid of Shin, immediately, I was like, oh, I guess I don't know what this is gonna be. Because I thought he would be, like, trying to taste, chase down Shin for the next trying seven volumes. Taste Shin. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, we will have more... Interesting and and bigger rivals than Shin.
1: Yes. I'm also waiting for, like... I'm hoping that Kenshiro struggles sometime soon. Uh, Not that I have any problem with the way that... I'm really enjoying the fighting and the storytelling of... Kenshiro is just this much of a badass that he can just, like... You know, ice everybody in the wasteland, no problem. But I am... I think the fights will get a little more dynamic once he's challenged, you know? And he has not really been challenged. He certainly
2: takes L's from time to time, but he doesn't take them on the level of, like, a Naruto. Or Mm. even a Goku.
1: Yeah. He's not going to lose that often. Goku... Or that badly. Goku always has to, like, lose round one, but then, you know, come back big for round two. But, you know, you'll see, like, I don't think... I remember
2: Kenshiro ever really being in the state that, like, Naruto is at the at the bridge.
1: Right, Where he's, like, okay.
2: super fucked up and, like... Yeah. Ah, shit. I yeah. can't make it through this. We gotta figure something out, you
1: know? Society, if the second half of Naruto was good.
2: That's not even close to half of Naruto. Yeah. That's just the first season, basically. <laughs> That's what I was watching. That's when I was into
1: Naruto. The, well, okay. I, what I'm trying to say is... Society if Naruto Shippuden was good. Um, which, yeah, is probably more than half of Naruto. Probably. Um, but, yeah.
2: Um, I really enjoyed this. Um, I like the part where he grabs some... He reaches through a wall to grab somebody's head while he's pissing. And yeah. then pulls his head through that hole. And then shoves it down to make a hole like, slot in the wall. Yeah.
1: And then does he interrogate him from that point? Mm-hmm. Is that it? Yeah, okay. Um Kenshiro's That's the so guy
2: cool. that's Jack that's that's Fox.
1: Okay, okay. Um
0: Well yeah.
2: So now we have basically confirmed that Kenshiro could beat Godzilla.
1: Have we? I think we I think we've
2: basically established do that. Do
1: reptiles have the same pressure points that humans do? Or is Kenshiro so adept at finding pressure points that he would find Godzilla's pressure points? You know what? I
2: can't say for certainty I've ever seen him fight a non-human enemy, Mm. but...
1: I feel like Kenshiro... Is is loving nature a trait of Kenshiro's? I don't think especially. Okay. Because I could imagine Kenshiro being like, Godzilla is a beautiful creature of the land. I cannot hurt Godzilla. I think Godzilla's the opposite of that isn't he
2: he's like a spirit of vengeance kind of
1: (laughs) and also he's of the sea crucially
2: Um, he is of the sea are you ready for your dose of Kenshiro facts hit me his height is 185 centimeters okay sure six
1: foot one yeah eyesight i'm basically the same height as Kenshiro, which doesn't feel right eyesight can see the aura of a living creature in pitch black darkness oh okay well that's pretty useful i think i
2: think he used that on Rolinto. um also a character who can see in pitch black darkness would be uh zayden ryerson from fourth wing by rebecca caro
1: <laughs> yeah tell me more about fourth wing i don't want to talk about fourth wing on our fist of the north star podcast fair enough anything else you do want to talk about i finished dragon ball z i'm watching dragon ball super you don't care about either I... I'm playing Skyrim right now. You don't care? I'm... I am... I am... I want to be your mother and be like, you can't eat ice cream before dinner. Whenever I see you playing Skyrim, I'm like, you're gonna spoil your damn appetite. How? Starfield is just about to come out, and you're gonna get all tuckered out of playing... That's a completely different game. (laughs) I know... I know that the Nora hyperfixation uh, is impervious to this concept, but to me, I'm just like, oh, I couldn't I couldn't possibly play Skyrim, because then I'll get tired of this genre of game before... Um... Yeah, because all the guns that I'm shooting in Skyrim, and all <laughs> the
2: spaceships in Skyrim.
1: <laughs> well, also, I just know that you could just play Skyrim every day of your life and probably be pretty content. Up to a point... I feel like if if you could only play one video game for the rest of your life, what would it be?
2: I don't know i mean i I wanna pick something that's like endless, like you know destiny or yeah, apex legends, but
1: um, I kinda wanna pick like civilization six or five maybe
2: because you're still craving being a despot
1: (laughs) i did such fucked up shit in civ 6 i feel like i never did that in civ 5 i feel like civ 5 never never like really got me into the mode of like i will be the tyrant of the world in the way that like civ 6 was like well i could try to win this like the right way or i could just build giant death robots and try to cow the you know, world into my ideology
0: once
2: you get out of the big names mm. in rpgs you get into the series that do have 30 entries mm-hmm. like your trails mm-hmm. like the one that i just discovered recently sword and fairy legend of sword and fairy oh yeah, which yeah, is yeah, like yeah, yeah. a very long running series that they put out one of the recent games on um Switch. game pass oh uh, a localized version, which most of these seem to not have. Mm-hmm.
1: It's also known as Chinese Paladin. I'd like to get into Trails, but I just... I just have commitment issues, I guess, you know? But I know I'd really like Trails if I did commit.
2: Uh, I, I'm enjoying it vicariously through Olivia's posts. I have, I'm number two Estelle Bright fan, I think. Mm-hmm. Behind Olivia. Mm-hmm. Moment number 3 maybe behind Joshua.
1: I know I know some people who are who are big Estelle Bright fans. I know many people would would fight for the right to be called number she's 1 Estelle. She's so Bright. valid. She's she's I did play about an hour of Trails in the Sky. You know, the last time I tried to get into Trails in the Sky, I was trying to play it on PC. I bet now that I could play it on the Steam Deck, I have a much better chance of like really sinking my teeth into it. But I'm just in this weird state where I don't want to start another RPG because I have so much Witcher left ahead of me.
2: You know? I could not imagine caring about the Witcher. It just doesn't seem interesting. It's
1: so good, dude. I, I never... I finished the Bloody Baron quest and I never talked about it on a podcast, I think. Can I bore you briefly with talking about the Bloody Baron quest? I guess. I know you don't care. No, I just...
2: Are people going to want to hear this on the Fist of the North Star podcast?
0: Well, I need to get
1: it out somewhere. I was going to talk okay, about it. Okay,
2: well, on... then if you're going to talk about this, I'm going to get a drink while you start, and uh, then I'm going to tell you about some dragons when I get back.
1: Okay. Um, Could you pass me my nope. water while you're up? It's sitting over there by the... Okay. Um, Could you get me a sprite from the kitchen? Anyway, so I finished the Bloody Baron quest. I finished this like a couple weeks ago um i like was playing the witcher a bunch at the start of july and then i fell off for three or four weeks and i came back and i finished bloody baron in like my first or second session back um and it is frankly appalling (laughs) that the bloody baron quest line is as beloved as it is um i don't know why anyone likes this (laughs) and i say this as a tremendous fan of the witcher 3 and everything i've not i i love the witcher 3 i think this is a really good game um i think there are parts of the bloody baron quest that are really compelling and ultimately i think that it boils down to misogynist nonsense it is the most like women hating and and not even like women hating just like passively thinking that like women and their lives don't count don't matter um and it's it's just it's it's (laughs) mind-boggling that this is all i've ever heard about this game that this is what people put forward as you know the the pinnacle of video game storylines of the Bloody Baron. Because what happens in the Bloody Baron is that you, Geralt, go and meet this man who has been he like he struggles with alcoholism alcoholism. He is like violent with his wife and his child and he has been violent with them for years. Physically, emotionally, like everything violent and neglectful both you know and you spend hours upon hours upon hours with him being like well i feel really bad about all the stuff i did i haven't and and you know, i i just feel so bad you know like i know that i messed up um and nowhere in there is I feel bad that I messed up and I accept that the consequences of my actions are that my wife and child have abandoned me, you know? Nowhere in there is, like, any sort of acceptance. It's just, well, I, I feel sorry and so I need you, the Witcher, to come bring them back to me. And Geralt is not a person who can, like, push back on that in any way at no point am i as Geralt, really given the option to say like fuck you dude i can sort of i can sort of lightly say it i can sort of be like seems like you fucked it up a little bit but i can't really just be like <clears throat> i can't really like push back on this as much as i'd like and then Contrasted against these hours and hours and hours of bloody Baron talking about how bad he feels and how he, you know, oh he's so sad because he fucked everything up. We get one single conversation with his daughter where she's like, "Fuck that guy, I'm not going back to him," and th- and then you as gerald can have the option to like march this this child back to her abuser. I mean, she's an adult woman at this point, but you know she is like. The, the daughter of the abuser, and you can, like, choose to, like, bring her back there. um I did not. I was like, okay, well, seems like you're a, a happy adult away from this shitty guy, so yeah, I'm gonna let you do your thing. um And then you get, like, you don't even really get a conversation with um his wife about the things that she experienced. And then you get... Well, he says it's all okay. He literally says, maybe, maybe, witcher, you think everything is black and white, but in my world, there's your shades of gray. Did you know that she was cucking me for years? And so that's why I did all the things that I did. And genuinely, I went to read multiple articles trying to understand why people like the Bloody Baron so much. And people would genuinely be like, well, yeah, there's shades of gray. She didn't. She wasn't always the best wife. Dude, cheating on somebody is not the same as violently abusing them for decades. <laughs> anyway, all that to say, that then you get to the end of this thing. And there's like, there's like moments I liked in this. Like the bit where you can help him bury the child, um, like the stillborn child. I thought that was a really good scene, And I thought that was going to be the ending of the arc. And so at that moment, I was like, oh, well, this is a really good end to this. Like, he buries the child and he, you know, accepts his responsibility. And now we're done. And then I learned that actually I had hours and hours and hours more to go of this stupid bullshit. Um, You get to the ending of this and it just sort of drains all my goodwill to anything that happened. Because the two endings you can get... There's the one I didn't get, where basically Anna, the wife, lives, and she's driven mad by her experiences with these witches that she fell in with. I don't have to explain that. It's not important. I wish it was important, because those witches are cool. You're so poor. <laughs> I'm so sorry, babe. I'm just listening. <laughs> um, You... um she's like so broken that she's like unable to speak or or you know like she's she's driven mad quote unquote in the literary sense of it you know and the good ending to this is that this woman is driven mad and is so traumatized that she's unable to speak and that her she walks arm in arm with her abuser as he's going to take her to like a rehab center basically you know that's the good ending and the bad ending is that she gets... She dies. But before she dies, she gets one final conversation with her daughter... Where... That's um, really touching. This is the ending I got. And... and It's this really touching final moment with her daughter. And then she passes away. And then you go back to the Baron's house. Ha- the Baron says, meet me at my house. And you go back to his house. And he's hanging. He's hanged himself out there. Um, and this is the bad ending... He got what was coming to him. Geralt should have iced him himself. <laughs> I, I I don't think that's really Geralt's role in this situation, but, like, uh, good! Ah, uh, yes, he deserved to die, and I hope he burns in hell. <laughs> he's dead. And it's good that he's dead.
0: Um, and That's he, what
2: happens at the start of the Rambo video game, is there's a scene of Rambo's funeral, and somebody says, He's dead. It's good that he's dead.
1: And, like... <laughs> I don't think that it's good that Anna, like, you know, in the, like, the moral compass of the universe, yes, obviously a more positive outcome perhaps would be that Anna lives and the Baron dies, um, in my view, but I don't think it's like, like, I think that, you know, death is a part of life, and I prefer her dying and getting, getting one last moment with her daughter, and sending her, like, Hey, I went through all these things, but daughter, you're going to go out into the world, and you're going to be strong, and you're going to live through this. You're going to have a full and complete life outside of this crazy household. Um, and then the person whose fault all of it is dies. I, I'm okay with that as a good ending. And then the game scolded me for it. And then, like, the game cuts to this little animatic where where Geralt is like, Yeah, that shit was really fucked up. Seems like I did a bad job there. Well, whatever. <laughs> um and it's like that was i felt good about that ending and then i felt like the game was tutting me for it Mm -hmm. um also um i did i did uh let that that horse in the tree i did let that horse just kill that whole village of people fuck those people
2: there was a horse in a tree
1: well okay i thought there was a guy in a tree so he's a horse of course (laughs) there's these witches and they have anna in their clutches and they tell you, go to the nearby village. This is the, this is the quest
2: that, hearing it described, prompted the creation of Journal Updated.
1: Yes. So, you... Um, these witches... And this was part of the reason I had a, a hard time with this choice at first. Because, basically, these witches give you the knife, and they tell you to go to this nearby village. And this nearby village is going to give you a quest. And I got that knife, and then I stopped playing The Witcher 3 for three weeks. Not out of any, like, bad feelings toward The Witcher 3. I just went and did other stuff, you know? So I came back after three weeks, and I kind of didn't really remember what was going on. And, um, I take the knife to this village, and they're like, Hey, there's this evil tree. We need you to go deal with the evil tree. Um, and I'm like, okay. So I go to deal with the evil tree, and the evil tree is like, hey! You know that those villagers are the ones that are sending all the war orphans to the witches to be eaten. I can save those war orphans from being eaten um, if you let me out of this tree. And I'm like, I don't know. This guy seems like he might kill the village. This seems kind of, this seems tough. And then I talked to you about it for two seconds, and I was like, wait. The village is the people sending the orphans there. Fuck those people. Yeah. Those people are like, well, we've been doing it for a really long. We've been doing it for generations, and it's really hard living in this swamp. So really, can we be blamed? Yes, you can. <laughs> you can, in fact, be blamed. Move somewhere. Do something else. Do not just give orphans to the witches to be eaten. Seems easy to me. Um, and so, yeah, but, I did. you know what? You will never catch me giving an orphan to a witch to be eaten. yeah. And so, yeah, I was like, well, it's unfortunate that all the, like... Because it seems like there's, like, one or two people in the village who are giving the orphans to the witches to be eaten. And everybody else in town probably just, you know, lives along with their life, innocently, unaware. And so on the one hand, I'm like, well, I do feel bad for those people. On the other hand, I don't feel, like, that bad. I do feel like, you know, um, you know somebody's got to help out the orphans. And so I did... I did let the basically there was a big heart in a tree, and I gave the heart a horse body, and the horse went and helped. Can you give me. it different bodies? No, I wish. You I should did have al-
2: let one of the orphans have it. <laughs> I did almost. <laughs> I did like al- one of the orphans that they sent away comes back into town and just
1: like blows everybody up with its mind. I did almost um, set down the Witcher again for another three weeks because I talked to this heart, and it was like. Okay, well if you want to help the orphans you need to go do a fetch quest and I was like I am so tired of the bloody baron quest line I'm talking to a guy who's talked to a guy who's talked to a guy so that I can help the bloody baron out. Oh fuck me. <laughs> but then it turned out that like the fetch quest was within like a one square mile of where the tree was at, so it turned out fine. Imagine a world.
2: I'm imagining a world. In this world, there are dragons. hmm They are magical. Yeah. They seemingly fuel the magic wards that protect this one kingdom. Sure. They are constantly at war with their... Enemies on the borders who are definitely not being exploited or otherwise sort of colonized by this guy. We're definitely the good guys. Okay. There's definitely not gonna be a plot twist at some point about Uh, this. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. I believe you.
2: Dragon riders. Mm Mm-hmm. Dragons will bond with a rider. Sure. And if the rider dies, the dragon might, you know, depending on how that relationship was, might mourn them, but then eventually they might choose to bond another rider. Okay. If the um, dragon dies, the rider dies.
1: So that's that's flipped, right? That's what? the opposite of how Aragon does it.
2: Well, that's not how Aragon does it. That is how Aragon the film does it.
1: <laughs> okay, 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 okay.
2: In Aragon, they're, uh, killing one doesn't kill the other, except in the sense that it makes them supremely sad, as if they had partially died. Okay. Um, this is what caused Galvatorix to become evil. by the Right,
1: way. right, right, right. That is that he what
2: caused... Died, his dragon died and he wanted another one and everyone said, no, you can't have another one. You're way too crazy like Anakin mode right now. And he's like, all right, bet. And he steals a dragon <laughs> and forces it to be his bond. I remember. Anyway. <clears throat> I
1: do recall this now.
2: There's an academy that you have to go to as a 20... I think at 20. Mm-hmm. You go to this three-year academy and they have to get rid of the weak people
1: Mm -hmm.
2: from the uh there's like the writers the scribes and healers and i think infantry Mm. but the writer quarter at the end of your first year about half of those people are dead and by the end of the second year about 30 percent a further 30 percent are dead okay now you may be wondering, how do you maintain an army or any kind of political, like, military force when the process of creating—I read Hunter Hunter, right? I understand this <laughs> means that you have to kill like three hundred guys for every one. Yeah, guy. yeah. I read Hunter Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> this is all the setup for our hero Violet.
1: It's crazy how few people die in the tuning exam.
2: It's, it's not zero. It's, a cu- it's, it's only a couple people. Yeah.
1: It's not that many.
2: But, so, first thing they have to do is they have to walk across the Bridge of Casa Doom, basically, but in the mountains where there's wind.
1: I do love the Bridge of Casa Doom.
2: And Violet is. So, she was training as a scribe until like six months before the exam to get into the writers, and then mm-hmm. her. Mother is like the not the general, but like right below the general. And she's like, No, nope, you're going into the writers. We're your older siblings were writers. I'm a writer. You're getting you're gonna be a writer. <clears throat> you're a Soren gale. <laughs> um, she has she walks across this bridge, and this guy is behind her, coming at her, like, I'm, I'm gonna toss you off because mm-hmm. you can kill people in the ring. During sparring. Or you can kill
1: people and not get caught. Now, now hold up. <laughs> yeah, the, the
2: trainees kill each other.
1: Okay. I understand. Like, in the hunter exam, right? If... If you die, you die. And... You're allowed to kill other people. But it's not a thing where it's, like, encouraged. Well... <laughs> You see, a wing is only as strong as its weakest member. Mm-hmm.
2: And so the, you have to weed out the weak people. And Violet, our protagonist, has some sort of chronic illness situation. Um, her She gets injured way faster than everyone else. She has to, like, wrap her joints because, like, She'll, like, dislocate something or knock something out of place really easily by, like, tripping and falling.
1: Have they thought about (laughs) other ways to weed out the weak people that don't involve murder? No. If it's not
2: murder, then it's, like, really (laughs) dangerous
1: things that that you have to do that if you fuck up, you die. See, that, I'm like, okay, sure. I understand that, you know? the murder is where you're getting me. I feel like the Jedi sorted this out. Not, I'm not going to say that very often, but I do feel like anyway, the Jedi. <laughs> She's going to become a writer.
2: Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. Okay. One, her childhood friend, Dane, he's one year older than her, so he's already in. He's mm-hmm. established in the school. Mm-hmm. He's sort of her squad leader.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But she also meets this guy named... Zayden Ryerson. (laughs) such a funny fucking name. (laughs) He looks like Kylo Ren, but buff. Mm -hmm. And he hates her. He hates her so much, he wants to kill her. Because, after the rebellion, they made all of the children of the Separatists watch the execution of their parents, and then forcibly conscripted them into the dragon rider quadrant knowing that most of them would die mm-hmm. and also branded them with a magical like mark on all of them mm-hmm. so needless to say they're all pissed
1: i'd love to read some prose from this novel i sent you the description of zayden ryerson when he shows up for the first time um three riders wait at the entrance which is nothing more than a gaping hole in the wall of the turret a couple more sentences here. This is
2: this is when she's about to do parapet, which is the walk across a really narrow bridge mm-hmm. from like the top of the tower to the like a mountain or whatever. You get a to couple get s- into the school basically.
1: You get a couple sentences talking about the first two writers. Line break. The third turns in my direction, and my heart simply stops.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Line break. He's tall with windblown dark hair or wind-blown black hair and dark brows. The line of his jaw is strong and covered by warm, tawny skin and dark stubble. And when he folds his arms across his torso, his muscles in his chest and arms ripple, moving in a way that makes me swallow. And his <laughs> eyes... <laughs> I need to, I can't laugh because I gotta hit this ellipsis here. The second ellipsis in two paragraphs. And his eyes... Dot, dot, dot. His eyes are the shade of gold-flecked onyx. The contrast is startling, jaw-dropping even. M dash everything about him is. His features are so harsh that they look carved. comma, and yet they're astonishingly perfect. comma like an artist worked a lifetime sculpting him. comma, and at least a year of that was spent on his mouth. <laughs> okay, there's maybe one or two more commas than
2: really are needed here.) <laughs> But I think this is a perfectly acceptable use of commas. for. I just happening. feel like
1: this sentence fills up three <clears throat> lines of the screenshot you sent me, and I feel like the sentence really got away from her in a, in a way. <laughs> um, there's some more. You sent me some more, but I feel This like... is the next, like, sentence. Oh, this is really good, though. He's the most exquisite man... Uh, sorry, sorry. This is the next sentence after at least a year of that was spent on his mouth. Line break. He's the most exquisite man I've ever seen. Line break. And living in the war college means I've seen a lot. Italicized of men. Line break. Even the diagonal scar that bisects his left eyebrow and marks the top corner of his cheek only makes him hotter—flaming hot, scorching hot. Gets you into trouble, and you like it. Level of hot. Suddenly, I can't remember exactly why Mira no- told me not to fuck around outside my year group. Uh, yeah. So this is a... This is what the the kids call cringe, I believe.
2: This is what the kids call, uh, like, just write
1: it. I don't know. It's fine. It's terrible. It's fine.
2: (laughs) Gets you into
1: trouble and you love it level of hot. I don't know. I I should have said, get (laughs) hyphen you (laughs) hyphen into (laughs) Okay, CinemaSins.
2: (laughs) This is a book that requires a good amount of (laughs) buy-in. Um...
1: I just think I just think it's bad prose but
2: whatever it's so easy it is it is so. I, it's very easy to look at one little paragraph yes and yes this book does have bad prose sometimes yes
1: there is a, a, a
2: very easy you're way, being very uncharitable
1: a very easy way to farm engagement on social media is to post like a couple bad prose paragraphs And be like, look at this stupid shit. Look at what these morons read. And I don't want to do that. I do think these are doing it right now. I do think these are really bad. But I recognize that I criticize others for doing this. And I
2: don't think that the description is that bad.
1: I do. All that is fine.
2: But what How would you describe a hot man? Go ahead. uh, Okay, I'm not a writer. Sue me. I've I've just read way worse books than this. And this is a very obnoxious book at times. This is this, a- this is a book that has some some idioms. Mm-hmm. Nobody's let out a breath that they didn't know what they were holding. But there was one line where I was like, "Oh, you edited that. That mm-hmm. probably said that originally and then you you
1: changed it." But I will um, I will say but I also have a very different bar for this, because I, I very much am fine dropping a book after one chapter, you know? I read, um, I read a book, I'll try to pull up the name here, um, I had it on Libro. Anyway, this book is,
2: it requires some buy-in, and it's pretty stupid.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: but uh, I don't think it's deserving of the scorn that you're giving him.
1: (laughs) The Remaking by Clay McLeod Chapman. I was really excited for this book. I paid like $20 for it on Libro, um, and I, uh, I dropped it after like two chapters because I was like, well, this seems really bad. And so I very much like, if I'm not enjoying a book like pretty much immediately, I'll drop it. And so... If I if I feel like I don't like something, I have a very low tolerance when it comes to books. Like, I'll give a bad movie a chance, you know, in a way that I won't give a bad book a chance.
2: The only book that I can think of where I dropped it immediately was... Um, I don't know if it's called this, but the first like, Throne of Glass mm-hmm. novel. I read the first chapter and I was like, oh, wow, that's super obnoxious. Is that going to be forever? And then I saw a review of, like the seventh book, uh, it was like, yeah, this is still a problem. I'm like, Oh, great. I'm not going to bother with that because that would get on my nerves.
1: Yeah. Like I <clears throat> dropped
2: the name in the wind. Cause the, the main character of that book just constantly thinks about how cool, all the cool things she could do to people and then doesn't do anything. That's because she's way. a cool assassin. Ah, I see.
1: Anyway, I, I interrupted you from talking about the fourth wing. Yeah. So she Zayden means Zayden
2: Ryerson. Yes. It's spelled with an X. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was trying really hard to be nice to this book and you told me and spelled with an X. I'm having a great time. I'm glad you are. Um,
2: It has... Uh, things sort of progress as she's doing more tests and stuff. She's weaker than everybody else and has a little bit of a chip on her shoulder about that because of the way people talk about her. Uh, and she's like doing her best to defy expectations and like the way that she gets around this is only a mild spoiler for like the first act but you have to do weekly duels Mm -hmm. and so the way that she fights her duels is she volunteers for kitchen duty every morning at like 6 in the morning and so she just poisons all of her duel partners because she sneaks into the offices to see (laughs) who she's getting matched up with and then she poisons them So they're trying to time it so that by the time they're in the ring with her that afternoon, they're like shitting and farting and coming all over themselves, you know? That's lit. That's sick, actually. It's really fun. Uh, Meanwhile, her childhood friend is just the most annoying. uh, His his main trait is not believing in her (laughs) and trying to rescue her and trying to protect her. Um, and she has not like fully snapped at him yet, or, mm-hmm. or anything. But there has been sort of a a distance growing between them, and some closeness Ooh. between her and Zayden Ryerson. Mm. I didn't mention that Zayden Ryerson, the son of the great betrayer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we couldn't workshop that name for another who, afternoon.
2: <laughs> who led the uh, the um. Separatist movement that I mentioned before So he's got a He's very angry And wants to kill her for revenge But Also Her older brother Brennan Was a dragon rider who died In that
1: uh, Now if I'm the dean of the Rider Academy Right Uh huh And Zayden Ryerson applies to my school
2: Well no like I said, they're conscripted. they forced all of the uh children of the separatists okay. to join the deadly dragon rider.
0: Why would they do that
2: <laughs> because half of them are gonna die, and okay. the dragons aren't going to bond with anybody if the if they're not aligned in interest because the dragons want to protect this portion of land where they live
1: where this kingdom happens to be. I guess if I were if I were the the dean of the academy, I would sit down with Zayden and I'd be like, "Listen, your family's given a lot of money to the school over the years. Unfortunately, I am going to have to reject, uh, like on account of your dad being the great betrayer." No, they want them <laughs> in the
2: school. I just so I, that they'll die. Okay. Also, it's a capital offense if more than three of them are congregating in the same space
1: oh more or three of the separatists i thought yes. you just meant any students and no. i was like what <laughs>
2: of the children of the separatists of which there are like maybe three dozen total i think
1: okay in the school
2: okay um there's like a couple in each year okay and uh they are not allowed to congregate in groups higher than three or they will be killed
1: mm." So you can imagine the kind of stress they're under. (laughs) You gotta make sure that you don't, like, pass the wrong people in the hallway while talking to your homie, you know? Um, all this to say, there's plenty of room for
2: plot to happen. I don't think it's going to. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Um, the sequel to this book comes out in a month. Okay. Uh, and who knows, maybe I'll actually read the sequel to a book I read for once.
1: Ooh spicy Uh, i'm
2: having a great time she's very frustrated with how uh attracted she is to zayden ryerson um every time that i also would if i was
1: (laughs) if i was attracted to an mf named zayden ryerson i'd be like fuck dude can i get this mf to like can i call him zay can i call him like X. Yeah, be like, what up, X?
2: Well, there's a scene where, okay, so you show up and you have some daggers, Mm -hmm. and once you start doing challenges, when you beat somebody, you take one of their daggers. And so she's got, like, eight now. Ooh. But as she's uh, poisoning these people, one person she poisons too much. Mm -hmm. And so they don't even show up to the duel, which means that well, somebody's gotta fill in, and Zayden, as a third year, is like, Let me do it. I'm going to step in and I'm going to teach all of you a lesson with this uh, sort of dueling partner. Mm -hmm. And so he just effortlessly like deflects all of her attacks and sort of like grabs her, puts her in a hold, takes a dagger out of one of her sheaths and tosses it to the ground and then like backs up and then they do it again. And he like takes another dagger away from her and just like slowly strips all of her weapons away. Until he's literally on top of her between her thighs in some sort of complicated hold where he's pinning one of her arms down. I'm looking at
1: the camera right now. (laughs) Sorry, it's not that I'm ignoring you, I'm just looking at the camera. He's like
2: giving her advice about, like, actual advice, uh, while also being very uh, sexual. I'm I'm feasting. I'm having a great time. I'm so
1: happy for you. I'm coming around on this. I'm understanding why you like this now.
2: (laughs) Um, Also, they've just gotten their dragons. Ooh! You're not going to believe this. Uh huh. She's bonded with the biggest and ancientest dragon I I assumed the specialist that, dragon I assumed that she was going to bond with uh, the special dragon who hasn't even been seen
1: in years yeah, much yeah, less yeah. put forward himself to be a candidate for bonding I babe I got to tell you something yeah I knew that before you told me anything did about it Did you know Zayn that Rai she's also the
2: first person to bond with two dragons at once
1: I did not know that
2: but I'm not surprised to learn this in any way <laughs> What if I told you that the big dragon that she bonded with is the bonded mate To another dragon Uh Who's bonded to Zayden Ryerson Oh (laughs) wow, no way And so now they're in a precarious Situation where if any of them Die then all of the rest of them will die So Mm. now they have to Stay together Um, Mate bonded dragon pairs Are typically always stationed Together Uh So she's gonna have to be spending the rest of her life With this man It sounds
1: like they're already married Yeah
2: (laughs) They're kind of already married.
1: Um, and... <laughs> I don't really know what marriage is. but Do I think... you not? Because we've been doing it for a little while now. <laughs> but I do feel like that if you're spending the rest of your life with a person that you are sexually attracted to... Uh-huh. Either you are married or you're in trouble. Perhaps both. <laughs> Perhaps both. <laughs> Most likely both.
2: <laughs> I think that as time goes on, we will see more and more of Dane's flaws and more and more of Zayden's virtues, mm. culminating in uh, the obvious choice that she's going to make, where she's going to fuck Zayden Ryerson. She's going to fuck a boy with whose name starts with an X.
1: Now, is she going to... Is she gonna like fuck her like wizard tutor who's a hundred years older than her or no? No. That's not a thing. You should read uprooted, dude.
2: I thought that was that one. Which one? The Raven Tower. no, that... no. <laughs> no, 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 I, I thought no, that's no, no, the no, one no. with the wizard no, Scott. No. I should get a wizard.
1: paper I should get a paperback of um of Uprooted. I do not have a paperback. I always get
2: it. Uprooted and Raven Tower confused because the wizard is in a tower.
1: Well, and and there are are 2 standalone fantasy books that I've read that you haven't. There's a sequel to Uprated. There is not. I thought there was. There is not. They're just weirdly similar covers. They're grouped together as part of a series on Wikipedia. I don't think that's true. Spinning Silver by Naomi Novik, a novel can you go to wikipedia oh, i'm gonna go to goodreads i'm not seeing a series entry here can you go to wikipedia i will go to wikipedia but i'm telling you um uh do, 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 do. pretty sure they're just listed as part of a series standalone novels uprooted yeah and that's the name, the, <laughs> <laughs> the name of the series the name of the series is standalone novels yes yeah, I think it's just that Uprooted was a big hit and so her next novel um, was the cover was styled in the same way. She's also she has a Dragon Rider series of 9 books. Is it I, a Dragon Rider series? I think so. Series of 9 alternate history fantasy novels written by American author Naomi Novik, The Adventures of Captain William Lawrence and his dragon, the eponymous Temeraire Um, and reimagine the events of the Napoleonic Wars with an air force of dragons manned by crews of aviators.
0: Hmm.
1: I've been been meaning to check these out. They sound kind of bad, but Uprooted was also kind of bad, and it's very close to my heart. The thing about Uprooted is that it's very good and is very bad in equal measure, and the bad parts are also good.
2: The thing about Aragon... Yeah. Is that in Aragon, when you you get your dragon... Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, they mark your hand with the gateway Ignacia, uh-huh, which is a silver mark on your palm. I remember this leads movie. to Aragon be giving the nickname Argentlam, which is in the ancient language means silver hand mm mm-hmm. uh and in this book, when you get a dragon relic, which is what the markings are called, that allows you to channel their power and it gives you like magic, and it also puts a mark on your body from your dragon
1: Mm.
2: now the 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 separatist markings on all of the kids that whose parents fought in the civil war Mm -hmm. they have relics as well but they're like really big and go from all the way up one arm Mm -hmm. so that's how you know that they are a separatist kid
1: have we watched um why did you just search Neil Gaiman I searched at a coffee Neil Gaiman because I remembered I okay I saw that His Majesty's Dragon, the first Temeraire novel, had a cover quote from Stephen King. And I remembered a funny tweet I did one time that I was just going to retweet, which was something along the lines of, little known fact, there are actually some books out there that Neil Gaiman has not done cover quotes for. <laughs> <laughs> um... Uh and Stephen King is another person, a like little-known fact. There are some novels that have been written that don't have cover quotes from Stephen King. Um. Anyway, I'm having a great
2: time with this book. I'm glad you are. Uh, it's silly. It's fun. Uh, it keeps going at a pretty good pace. I wish it had more wheel spinning. I wish uh-huh. we'd gotten more filler and more like build-up to some of the stuff. Because I would have... Perf- have a perfectly good time just getting a couple more chapters of school stuff where you like see more of these tertiary characters and get to see her go to more classes and just yeah. do some more sort of training stuff that she doesn't really do on screen mm-hmm. this was my problem now you're going back to that one author who you have such a love hate relationship with
1: this was my problem with the V.E. Schwab books that I read was that like What's the name of the series? Um, the, the Shades of Magic series. I thought the second book in that series was the best one because it was basically an anime filler arc. I mean, the best
2: Aragon book is the third one where he just goes around wrapping up loose ends until he has to go do the
1: last book. I spe- I gotta read he the- does
2: a whole book of side quests.
1: I gotta read The Black Cauldron. You gotta read Aragon. I'm gonna read The Black Cauldron and we'll just do a podcast about it and you don't have to reread it. You know those books well enough, basically. And I'll just I'll talk to you as I'm rereading. As I don't re- mean,
2: I don't really remember Castle of the Air, but also I don't really care about Castle of the Air.
1: I will. I will just talk to you about the Black Cauldron as I'm reading the Black Cauldron, and we will just do a podcast about it at some point. And you can just not read it, you know. But you should read Aragon, though. I, Aragon is on the list for sure. For sure. Aragon's so good. Yeah. Can I tell you what all I've
2: got? Like. What's your favorite like Bad tropey main character guy My favorite Bad tropey main character guy Trying to think of like Like Mary Sue type character
1: I'm trying to think of like what are some Is Kaladin one of these Is Kaladin a Mary Sue No Um okay
2: I'm trying to think We need to wrap up the podcast pretty soon so, if you don't have it at the tip of your tongue...
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't. I super don't. I'm gonna, do, I'm gonna just say Kaladin Stormblast, even though it's not right. That's... <laughs> I just can't think of anybody else! And he's my favorite protagonist in all fiction, so, whatever. That's not true. That is such a massive overstatement. You got somewhere you need to be? Yeah, I do. Oh, okay. Sorry. Well I hope everyone enjoyed this, uh weird episode of the podcast yeah i hope everybody cares about fist of the north star the witcher three and the fourth wing in equal measure oh it's just fourth wing oh fourth wing because that's the inner division
2: okay. in the army okay
1: i i hope that everyone cares about all three of those things i hope you're all feasting
2: to be clear this book has been like very popular in sort of goodreads tiktok etc i don't even know what
1: the cover looks like um oh yeah oh this is the one i voted on in that poll when you were like what should i read next i thought this cover is really good
2: look at the edge of those pages that's pretty cool
1: that is pretty cool uh
2: yeah it's been neat i think that um i think this author read aragon oh yeah it just feels like you gotta yeah and not that aragon is like the creator of dragon stuff it's just like this yeah. feels like an extrapolation from aragon in certain areas
1: i follow a comics artist who's like yeah i just read a lot of werewolf stuff and so i do a lot of werewolf comics because like i'm always like reading werewolf stuff I'm kind of spinning up my own ideas based on it and um i imagine this person I could easily imagine this person as being like, yeah, I'm really into Pern and Temeraire and Aragon. Like, I'm just into Dragon Rider stuff, and so I'm doing my own Dragon Rider. A dragon without its rider is a tragedy. A
2: rider without their dragon is dead.
1: Where could people find you online? You can find me everywhere at Skaldotter. You can find me um, on co host at Autumnal. I'm kind of treating that like Maine these days, and that's also where I do the most podcast promo, so you want to keep up with Export Audio Podcast, you can do that there. You can also do that by going to exportaud.io. Giving us a dollar a month gets you Pardon My Fist a week early, gets you a bunch of other stuff early, gets you the non-homophobia zone and all that jazz. $5 a month gets you bonus content, of which, you know, there's always more coming. Maybe not as... You should have called it Welcome to the NHZ. (laughs) (laughs) Um...
2: I feel like I talked a lot about the stuff that happened in that book, but it doesn't feel like I spoiled or any- anything. Yeah, I think, you, I think you walked a really good line. Like, not a whole lot else happened so far, mm-hmm. but it is set up, and this is the first in a series, so. Sure. I'm sure that things will be changing soon. Having read this, um, <clears throat> or being, being reading this, uh, after reading the poppy war is just like okay i kind of understand why people like the idea of like a school fiction um
1: when they're the school is present a I, bit. Uh, I really want to read Babel, but you liking the poppy war so much has made me kind of be like i should just read the poppy war so that we can share in a love of the poppy war even sure. though Babel is maybe the one that interests me more
2: maybe i'll read Babel and you'll read the poppy war and then
1: and then we'll be yes. set um. What's our sign off? Oh, I know our sign off. You want me to do it? Okay. Do no harm. Take no shit. Hokuto no Ken. That's so true. That's exactly right.